Welcome back for another Rosenberg and Estes podcast inside RE. My name is Adam Sanders. I'm a member of the firm's transactional department. I specialize in acquisition sales, financing, joint ventures, opportunity zones, and local law 97. My guests today are Lindsay Weiss and Alyssa Golub. They are entrepreneurs that opened uh, Pine and Polk, which is down on Spring Street. It's an artisanal retail shop focusing on West Coast influenced food and culinary offerings. It also has a secret cocktail bar with creative bespoke drinks and food behind a hidden door. Alyssa is from New Jersey, graduated from Cornell's esteemed School of Hotel Administration, and is a certified sommelier. She has worked at the Four Seasons Wailea as the food and beverage manager and for Michael Mina Restaurant Group in San Francisco. Lindsay has worked in event marketing for over 20 years, managing uh, experimental programming, marketing strategy for brands, celebrity chefs, wineries, restaurants of all sizes, including planning culinary events for American Express, the James Beard Foundation, the New York Times, Albridge Resorts, Cook Unity, and Lululemon, just to name a few. We are thrilled to have both of them today. So, hey, Lindsay. Hey, Alyssa. Hello. Hello. Okay. So before we get started, I do just want to you know say that this is something a little different than we've than I've done in the past because it's not going to be one hundred percent real estate focused, which most of our podcasts are. I'm fascinated by what you guys have created at Pine and Polk. I've been there, you know, a few times, um, and I keep wanting to come back more and more. And I love the idea of the kind of secret speakeasy type cocktail bar as well. Because I remember when you guys first came to me, I could have never imagined what you guys created. I didn't, I, I, I was unable to visualize it and it really looks amazing. So let's, with that starting, um, I just want to get, start out right away and say, okay, how did you guys create this? Where, like, where did all this come from? Where did this kind of entrepreneurial endeavor and undertaking come from your backgrounds from when you guys meet in San Francisco to come to New York and then do this. So I'll give you a little bit of it. I'll let Alyssa just take the lead. Okay. Um, so yeah, Alyssa and I met in San Francisco probably about a decade ago at this point. Um, we both come from, as you said, the industry, just kind of different parts of it. I come more from the experiential marketing communications events, that kind of thing. And, and Alyssa more the operations and tech, which I'll let her tell you a bit about, but we are left and right side of the brain, which I think is makes us an interesting combo. And we've always talked about doing something. When we met in San Francisco, we spent a lot of time throwing dinner parties, going to farmers markets. We spent more time than we should admit in Napa. Um, and we just kind of always were like, should we do something there? Should we do, you know, something in San Francisco? What does it look like? And we were constantly brainstorming. Um, we both, this is the short version and we can dive into more if you want to know more, but we both wound up back in New York in 2020 um, for personal reasons separately. And we, uh, you know, obviously 2020 was a weird time and I think it got people thinking about what am I doing? What do I want to do? And we just sort of started brainstorming. I was going on a picnic on the Upper West Side and literally was like, why do I have to go to Whole Foods and Zabar's and West Side Market and 300 other places to get the things I want. In San Francisco, we had quite a few kind of very cute provision shops that had everything where we would go to throw a dinner party. And I called Alyssa and I said, this is weird. We're in New York City. You would think there would be a lot of these shops, but I can't really find any. Um, what do you think? And Alyssa said, I love it. 
but with her background in operations, she said, I think maybe we should think about opening a bar with it. And the idea was born quite quickly. I'll let her kind of take you through the next steps and why it all happened so quickly. Yeah. So um, we back in, I mean, it was such a, it's been such a whirlwind. I mean, we've been at this for a little, I guess, over two years now. I mean, we've been open for about 15 months. Um, you know, we found a place rather quickly um, up on Hudson Street that we got very excited about. Um, and unfortunately, that space didn't work out, but it um, led us to gather an entire team um, and put things together and start really conceptualizing this idea and making it more and more every day a reality. Um, so once we did that and we had this team in place, you know, we said to each other, like, this is now or we feel like it's probably never. Um, and the market uh, was a bit in our favor with COVID. Um, some of the, you know, landlords um, and spaces, obviously a lot of places going out of business um, during the pandemic um, let us uh, really be able to negotiate deals and and understand um, the, you know, the climate of the industry. Um, so we ended up where we are now. Um, and that's kind of how, how the idea was born. We, um, we, we signed a lease in November of 2021. We started construction in January of 2022, and we opened in May of 2022. So it was really, everyone said to us, you know, you're never going to open on time. Yeah. And uh, here we are. We did it. So the PR firm that we worked yeah, with it happened pretty quickly. Said, so. yeah, the PR firm specifically said we've never opened a restaurant or a bar on the day that we were given. And we did it. <laughs> so what happens when your rent starts? You uh, get the doors open. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so let's let's I want to focus a little bit on the concept of um, of creating the secret cocktail bar. Okay, I know there are a couple other places in the city that have done this, um, and I've seen them try to take on a more retro um, feel. Yours is a very kind of cool and 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 kind of new. Um, it, it, there's no, it doesn't have retro, but some of the cocktails might be. But um, how did you develop that? Because you know, Lindsay talked about kind of coming up with kind of the front part of it with with um, kind of the the products that you like. How did you guys? What was the cocktail bar always part of it, or was that like, no, this would be really cool if we did this as well? Um, and then, uh, how did you guys then develop that? Because that's obviously a big portion. You've got the cocktails, you got the food. Yeah, um, and I know that takes a lot of your time. Yeah, so I think I think for us, um, in terms of the cocktail space and the bar, um, to be completely honest, um, with my wine background, I we were thinking more of a wine concept in the back um, to begin with, and we met with a ton of uh, industry people and a couple of um, meetings that we took with people who have done this before said, you know, if you're going to get the liquor license, do the thing and do the cocktails and do the whole thing. Don't just limit yourself to, to wine. And um, that's kind of how the cocktail, really the cocktail lounge per se started to develop. Um, I, I also had some, uh, bar management experience with Michael Mina and cocktail um, uh, management and, and understanding of that world as well. Um, in no means am I a running a ever running a bar pro have ever run a bar program or have done 
that. So when we decided what the concept would be, we um, immediately thought, who can we bring on to bring this uh, to life? And that's kind of that's kind of how the, the the bar came to be. And then we started to tie these two concepts together to really make it um, make the spaces speak to each other. And I'll let Lindsay speak a little bit more about this, but we talk a lot about intersection and Pine and Polk, two streets intersecting, me and Lindsay's lives intersecting, East Coast, West Coast, bar and shop. Um, so we we talk a lot about that and we really started to build on the intersection of these two concepts under one roof. Yeah, I was going to say, we didn't really talk about like, what the actual spaces are and they're meant to both speak to each other and intersect as Alyssa said, but also kind of live separately um, in a, um, they contrast, they contrast, they complement and contrast each other. So the idea is really like this light, bright shop that has beautiful products and lots of colors and feels very West coast and you walk into the bar and it's darker and sexier and feels a bit more New York, maybe and edgy and has kind of those vibes going for it, but also is really important. And I think to your point, Adam, like the, the, the um, speakeasies that exist in New York, a lot of them are retro. You have the big brown leather couches and they feel a bit masculine. And it was really important for us to make it clear that this was a female owned business. I mean, you can see behind me, like we have gold touches everywhere. We worked with um, a female artist who created some of our walls and painted some of our furniture. It was just really important that the vibes felt like us and gave off a little bit of West Coast and a little bit of East Coast and a little femininity and a little edginess and kind of all of those juxtaposing but complementary things. So, okay, I want to, I want to, I'm going to talk about the food and the cocktails now. Um, so, and I want to both of you to answer. So, um, I mean, I, I, I've had the grilled cheese. I love that. I've had, I've had multiple plates and different types of food. And, um, and I, you, you're one of the few places off cocktails, uh, because I, I, I'm a big, just straight tequila drinker. But when you guys develop these, I know you work with other people to develop them. Are there ones that like, that you're like, I definitely need this? Or are there, are, 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 do you like all of them? Or you're like, okay, well, let's spread it out and diversify. Um, how do you develop the cocktail menu and the food, considering you each have different, maybe different tastes, different approaches. And, you know, you said you're right, right and left brain. So obviously look, you come at things a different uh, uh, angle. How did you guys develop? And is it more personal for you or more about, okay, let's broaden this for our, our, our community. So I, I'll, I'll say, and as Alyssa said, we hired a wonderful bar director, Melissa Brooke, and she really sat with us and listened to what both of us wanted. Um, I'm, Quick to say, Alyssa has more cocktail experience than I do. And since we've opened a bar, my cocktail palette has definitely expanded. Um, and I'm grateful for being able to taste really interesting concoctions and delicious cocktails. Um, but, you know, a lot of it was how to bring our story to life within the cocktails and within, and within the food program, quite honestly, too, and, and throwing dinner parties and creating boards and, you know, having beautiful plates in front of you. But I think for the cocktails, specifically, Melissa, listen to us. It's like, how do we integrate some San Francisco elements to it? And there's ingredients and stories and things you'll find. How do we integrate mine and Alyssa's story? How do we integrate a little bit of Melissa's story? Like there's kind of pieces and things that she really sat with us and listened and and took to heart to create this menu. But yes, to answer your question very, you know, quickly, like 
I would say Alyssa had um, quite a bit of input onto the cocktails and I've learned to like a lot more than I did. <laughs> I think it was also giving people what they, what, you know, a, co a cohesive menu. Like we did, Lindsay and I, you know, went around town and did our fair share of, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, tasting and going to different cocktail bars and uh, research development. And, um, you know, we took away what we liked from certain places, what we didn't like from certain places, also from the San Francisco cocktail scene. Um, and we, we, again, said all of that and sat with Melissa for a really long time. And we wanted to create an approachable yet like delicious cocktail menu that if you're not a mezcal drinker, you might drink our mezcal cocktail or one of our mezcal cocktails and love it. Um, and I think that's what Melissa's really good at. And people come in really solely for the cocktails. Like it's, it's, I, with my wine background, we started really with a larger by the glass list and a really cool bottle list. And I've narrowed it down quite a bit because people come for the cocktails um, and the interesting spirits that we have on our back bar too. So, and we try, I, I neglected to say that in the shop, about 60 to 80% of the shop is female founded minority owned brands. We try to bring that ethos into the bar as well. It's important to us what the stories of where a lot of the spirits come from. Um, but yeah, and we recently just updated our menu. And I think, you know, we, we took some of these stories, like we realized that people didn't understand the names or people didn't understand what a specific ingredient or why it was there. And we recently updated the menu and kind of added an about me under each of the cocktails. And it's been really interesting to see how some of the sales of the cocktails have changed and what people are might have ordered a lot of before. And now they might be going for something else because they understand it better. Okay, to continue it uh, along with what just Lindsay was talking about is let's talk about the front of, uh, of, 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 of the store, the Pine and Polk bar, because that's the kind of I, I, I look around, and I'm fascinated. I want to buy a ton of stuff. And um, I know that um, that I'm, I'm not going on, uh, uh, you know, on a picnic or stuff like that. But and some of the stuff um, uh, is fascinating to me, but I just don't know how to. I, I don't know how to put it into my daily life. I have two kids. I made them grilled cheese for breakfast today. Okay. That's what I did. That's so, um, and one of my daughters was like, really? And I'm like, it's lunch for breakfast. Just, and she, <laughs> just, anyway. So explain to me though, how, like, and, and a little more, you, you touched on it, but how you choose everything in there and um, what exactly you're going for. Yeah. So again, like stories behind each of the brands are important. It's not necessarily about local though we do support a lot of local brands, but it's, you know, how they were found, why they were found, who they were found by. Um, and then it's sort of about discovery. And it's like, how do we discover on behalf of people who are walking into the space? You know, you're making your grilled cheese. How do you make that grilled cheese more interesting? Might add some tomato jam from one of our vendors, you know, or how do you kind of take things to the next level? Or just how do you make a delicious dinner, a delicious snack? It's really about things that aren't necessarily on supermarket shelves. You don't see everywhere. It's funny, it's a different time now, and there are plenty of the brands that we use that target everybody on social media. So there are people who walk in and say, oh, I've, I've seen this on my social media feed, or I've seen this on TikTok or whatever, and people kind of go right for some of those products. But it's just kind of about how to keep it interesting, how to keep your pantry interesting, how to keep your dinner parties interesting, and everything we pick is beautiful and colorful and again like we really wanted to have an interesting nice story that goes along with our our brand ethos 
Yeah. So we, we say, I don't know if, if you come up to, if you go to our website or if you go to our, um, our shop door, our kind of tagline is unexpected items for your pantry, fridge, and friends, spreads, boards, beers, treats, gluten-free, gluten-full, good for you, gluttony. <laughs> so it's, it's a mouthful, but it's, it's something that we took a lot of time to kind of, in a sense, curate. And um, it really makes sense for our shop because some people come in for gifts. Some people come in just to grab a, a seltzer, a, you know, a special kind of seltzer that, you know, you don't find every, in every uh, grocery market or bodega. And, um, you know, I will admit Lindsay does, I would say 99% of the curation for the shop. I work on the craft beers and the ciders for the, for the fridge over there and tie that into the bar. But it's just kind of a fun way for, for us to play. And um, we've learned over time that like we're listening to the people in the neighborhood who do come in uh, ever so often, uh, every every so often, and um, you know listen to what they want, what they like, what they don't like. And we've you know we're kind of like Lindsay said, it's part of the discovery for us and for um, the people that walk through our doors. So it's kind of a fun fun thing for us. I was going to say the way that the shop products live with the bar. Um, we have an item on our menu that says built, you know, see something you liked in the shop, grab it. We'll, we'll create a board for you. So that's been a really fun thing for people to do. They walk out from their table, they grab some cheeses, they grab some jams. We help them curate something, kind of make your own board. Um, and it's everything from a savory board to grabbing, you know, we didn't really talk about, but the, the secret door to the bar is a beautiful shelf of artisanal chocolates. We like to say one bar leads to another. Um, but people do grab chocolate bars. We kind of create a fun sweet board. We've we've done it all. So we like how they speak to each other in that way too. And people can have their own journey while they're here. Okay. So let's talk about who's coming in. Okay. And the audience that one that was in your business plan that you expected, maybe you didn't, or, and two, who is coming in? Because based on, you know, your surround, obviously your surrounding area is a captive audience, but you're pulling people from all over the city. So, um, Talk about kind of who, who's coming in, uh, if that's kind of who you intended or or how it's evolved and uh, since you've opened. Yeah, so I think I, I think that, you know, in the beginning we had really great PR. We were on a lot of lists. Um, we were getting a lot of uh, action on, on social media, Instagram, TikTok. And we had um, a lot of it was a it was a pretty broad audience that came in, I think, over time. Um, not being the new kid on the block anymore in terms of, you know, the lists of, of new openings and things like that. We've started to see that our real demographic is, I think, in like mid to late 30s. Um, and given the price point of our cocktails and price point of the things that we sell in the shop, um, that kind of makes sense for us. And that's kind of what we were aiming for um, as well in terms of more of a mature cocktail lounge. Um where it's not super rowdy. Um, you can go across the street for that um, to Paul's Casablanca if you want. Um, but we, you know, our liquor license is midnight. It's not, we're not a 3 or 4 a.m. bar. And that's kind of what we were aiming for more of like, a, you know, you make a reservation at a lounge table at a bar seat. It's not like a three deep back standing room only kind of place. And I think, um, you know, our audience right now is, is, you know, someone who wants to come in and get a nice cocktail and sit for a while or have a pre-dinner or post-dinner drink. And um, that's kind of what we're seeing. A lot of neighborhood people. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of the direction we were going in and what we're, what we're seeing as well. 
So, uh, you know, I've, I follow your social media um, and, you know, and I, go, I go to the website and the website, it, it, I, I think, is great, very kind of crisp and, and clean and, 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 um, and talks, shows a lot of what you guys have spoken about. But in social media, I know there's a difficult balance there with what to show and what not to show, um, kind of, you know, to, to create your image and, 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 and your brand, which you guys have developed is, is you know, a brand and a following. So how who, is, will do, does one of you kind of take the lead on that? Do you both kind of come together? Do you, do you incorporate certain your PR company? Um, how do you develop the social media right now? Um, yeah. So Alyssa and I do work together on it. I do a lot of the posting. It's hard. It's time consuming. I give credit to all of these humans who do this for, you know, a full-time job when you're, when you have another full-time job, it's really, you know, social media is really hard, but to your point, it's important and it's important to keep engaging. And sometimes time goes by and I'm like, ah, we have to post on social media. We have to talk to the people, you know, who, who are supporters of us. So, and, and I think, you know, striking a balance between the bar and the shop has also been an interesting thing. When we first started out, it was how secretive do we want to be about the bar? How much of a kind of, if you know, you know, sort of thing is it? And we've, I think, did away with that a bit. And sure, it's hidden, but it's not necessarily secret. We want people to know about it. And obviously, we want people in the bar and we want, we need to, to run a business ultimately. But, um, you know, I think we try to strike a balance of featuring the products in the shop and what comes in and what's new and who we're partnering with, um, as well as cocktails in the bar and the menu that's on the, the in the bar side. Um, we worked with a social media company for a little bit. Um, and ultimately, you know, it's, it's our language and our brand and, and we speak it and live it every day. And it made sense for us to kind of take it back on ourselves. Um, I wish I wasn't a 41 year old who didn't know all the things about social media. I can't say I'm, you know, the best at it, but I think that we, we make do and we get the word out there about the things that are um, important to the brands. Lindsay doesn't give herself enough credit. She's <laughs> she's definitely the one that manages the account and um, is very clever and witty um, around her captions and posts. So if there was no Lindsay Weiss, there would be no Pine and Polk social media <laughs> right now. You know, I, I found it, and, and this summer, and it, to, to jump off even more, this summer, you had a lot of posts about pop-ups, okay? Yeah. And this is where I talk about that you have a brand, you have a following, which I, I'm very impressed with and how you guys have developed in really a short period of time. Um, the, the, the idea of the pop-ups, okay? So, you know, and, and you know, this is definitely kind of a, um, a trend that's occurred, um, you know, really from my view, it's, it's, it's because there's been empty real estate. Um, so what a better way to, to fill it in. But what you guys have done is a little more different. You've gone, you've gone out of New York to pop up in, in kind of specific areas. Was that a natural kind of thing that you guys jumped into? Was it something you had planned? Um, because I found it kind of fascinating to watch it um, and the events that you had over the summer. Yeah, I think we definitely came into this knowing that we wanted to have partnerships with other people. Alyssa and I, specifically this summer you're talking about, we were out in Utah um, about 20 minutes outside of Park City at an auberge property called Blue Sky. Um, it's a gorgeous property. They get a lot of folks from New York and LA and kind of the main cities who come and visit during the summer. Alyssa and I both have a pre-existing relationship with the GM. Um, I've done some work with Auberge. So, you know, we were fortunate enough to 
to have conversations literally right from the the get with some of the people we knew about expanding like that and having pop-ups. So yeah, it definitely was part of what we wanted to do when we opened. Um, and for us, it's sure it's fun to get outside the city. This specific one, we got to really recreate um, a bit of the New York City bar in Utah. Um, there was a yurt that we took over on top of a mountain and the inside of the yurt looked like our bar in New York City and the outside of the yurt was the Utah version of our bar. Um, and then we were able to pop up the shop in the lobby as well. So again, it had that sort of story to tell, but it was really special to be there and it's about brand exposure. And we worked with a ton of our brands in the shop to do some gift bags. So it was exposure for them. And it was a, you know, you talk about our target audience. It was a really great audience who, um, I think was excited to be able to taste our cocktails. Some people had been here actually, some people had heard of us. So it was exciting to be able to, to, to see that. It also gave us a, an interesting, from a business perspective and a brand perspective, uh, potential, you know, thinking around how we can grow, um, not in a pop-up way, but how we can work with potentially hotel groups in the future, potentially, you know, uh, incorporating the shop, the bar, um, what is Pine and Polk and how can we take that out of the current, you know, brick and mortar that we have now and it got our you know it continues to let our our juices flow around how is how is the business going to um, move forward in the future and um, we're starting to have those conversations now and it's really interesting to have done that experience in utah um and in a different capacity in aspen back in march um and you know where where that's all going for us in the future so it's kind of interesting for us to see that too all come together so what a perfect time to go to my next question is Five years from now, where do you like? Where do you see? Where do you hope to see Pine and Pulp? This is the question of the moment. Crystal ball. You can you can you can you can. No, it's it's. I'm I'm just gonna you know speak frankly here. It's a really really hard question. Um, you know, thinking back three years ago, where we were to where we are now, I could never have imagined. Um, okay. And if you asked me that, I wouldn't have told you in this scenario that we would be here, um, especially going through some personal things and uh, both of us going through some personal things, moving back to New York, starting this business. Five years from now with this business, um, for me, I'm going to answer on my own behalf and then I can let Lindsay answer. Uh, for me, it's about the networking and the people that we meet along the way. And the one person that we meet tomorrow could change our our trajectory um, to, from what we thought we would be at in five years to something completely different. And I think for, for both of us, we're open to, we're at the place in, in, in the business where we're having these conversations and we're having them with a lot of different people. And where is the door going to open? What partnerships can we make? What connections can we keep, um, in terms of us growing in the best in the best way. I personally don't have a definitive answer to that. I don't think Lindsay does either. I think we're working on that now. And maybe if you come back to us in a couple of months, we might know more. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough question to answer. I hope the brand is thriving and existing and that more people know about it. Yeah. And, and I co-sign everything Alyssa just said. And I would say that, you know, a lot of the conversations are around not necessarily just the brick and mortar, but the brand and like, what is the brand and how do we utilize the brand in other places, be it a brick and mortar, be it a pop-up, be it a partnership, you know, 
Alyssa and I have taken, we've given birth to the brand and, you know, a lot of people ask like, what is it? And, and we're, we've gotten to the point where we, the answer is often it's me and Alyssa, like it's what we've created and it's what we bring to it. And I think that there's a lot of opportunity for us to continue to tell the story in a lot of different ways. I'd like to do kind of a rapid fire question thing. Um, I don't, I don't really know how it works yet, but I'm, I'm going to ask just a few questions for each of you um, and just kind of, you know, throw out your answer. Okay. And then, um, okay. So ready, New York or San Francisco? New York, San Francisco. <laughs> Favorite cocktail? Paper plane. I'm an Adam Sanders kind of gal, tequila, anything tequila usually. Bar or lounge seat? Bar seat always. And just one that's not really kind of related to what you guys do. Favorite musician? Oh. <laughs> I can't answer that question. <laughs> yeah, that's a big I literally question. cannot answer that question. Okay. I, I, okay, uh, we'll I pass. Do we, okay, pass. <laughs> we can share no a Spotify problem. playlist if we... I don't know, I've, been fascinated. I've been fascinated by finding new music really, and uh, you know, through Spotify. And, and, and same, I feel same, like it's helped kind of my friends all. Like all, all our tests tastes have expanded there's so um, much so, music out there yeah yeah so anyway thank you both very much um for coming on today i think this has been great and i'm so i'm so happy that you guys were both on again um all your information um uh you know your instagram stuff uh the the, the location will all be in the in the notes for the podcast and anything else um uh, before we sign off is there anything any any kind of last things you guys want to add I was going to say uh, thank you to you who has, we, we neglected to say, but you've been in, you know, integral part of our business and you've helped us along the way. So thank you for having us and thank you for all your help um, in making us a success. Yeah. And just um, piggybacking on what Lindsay said, Adam, thank you so much. And um, if you guys, if anyone's listening that comes to the bar, I'm going to, Lindsay and I didn't discuss this yet, but I'm going to say if, if you heard about, or if you listen to this podcast, we'll give you 10% off your cocktails at the bar and in the shop. So come on by and support Pine and Polk. And um, we hope to meet you, meet you at a PS. So thank you guys. Well, thank you guys both again. Again, um, Lindsay, Alyssa are at, at uh, Pine and Polk. Uh, I'll, again, in our, in our notes, you'll see everything. Again, I'm Adam Sanders, and this is Inside R&E. Thank you very much for joining.